0: This week on Sidetracked with Armstead and Poche, I'm joined in studio by Nate Job in Drew's place. We're going to kick the tires, engage in your responsible tech speculation, and compare Drew to a breakfast pastry. Stay with us. <laughs>
1: half radio plaza at life media studios sidetracked with armstead and poosh brought to you by the second baptist bar and grill your exorcism specialist
0: good evening and welcome to sidetracked with armstead and Posh. i am charles Posh, and i am nathan drop standing in for andrew tonight andrew is designated for assignment this evening as a waffle
2: where is Andrew tonight? He's playing with a lawnmower or something.
0: Is that what do they call it these days? Does that mean one less finger? Again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe. Well, uh, he's got yeah. lots of opportunity. He claims that thing's a bat wing.
2: Andrew called me earlier in the week and wanted to know if I would uh, stand in for him and. Then then why are you sitting down? Exactly. So I sit back and I was going to call him to work today, tell him I quit, (laughs) go go to the store, buy a pack of Marlboro menthols, (laughs) a case of Budweiser, grow a 70s stash. But I ended up going to work,
0: but we're still here, so. Yeah, I haven't exactly resigned my day job either. Yet. It's not going to happen. Let's be honest. Yeah. I, I can't really see you doing that. No. No. got hard to walk away from that income. Eh, yeah. Yeah, it happens. So, this week, the Sidetrack crew, well, one of us anyway, is actually on tour and doing some work, quote unquote. Um, you'll be able to find Andrew on Friday, July 8th at Florence, Ontario. Southwestern Ontario uh, Tractor Pullers Association has an event going on over there. And give me one second to punch up the flyer here, so... I can give you all the scoop. Starts at 7 o'clock. Um, looks like they've got some uh, promoter option classes as well, in addition to what's uh, what's on offer from SWOTPA. And uh, for contact information, just fly on over to www.swotpa.com. And I believe they have their own Facebook page, the Florence Truck and Tractor Poll, uh, presented by the Bothwell Optimist. So... Uh, $12 per person uh, kids 12 and under 5 bucks kids 5 and under free with adults so uh, f- feel free to check those guys out and then on Sunday uh, Drew will also be in Snover for the Snover days I believe that is uh, either mid Michigan mini pullers or MT pocket pullers I, d- I don't know which but um, uh, small mini rods and, and garden tractor pulls on Sunday as for me I am leaving the state so uh, no pulling for me this weekend what about you, Job? you Got anything going on?
2: No, I think we'll uh, go up to Ugly Saturday night. Um, one of my favorite pulls of the whole entire year. Yeah, it's uh, actually the first first T- TPA pull I ever pulled. That was Ugly, and that was was it really? Yeah, it was quite. That uh, was my brand new 2003 Dodge, and that was man, that was
0: way to get it broke in there. <laughs> it's a really cool venue. It, they don't. There's no pits. You park in in the neighborhoods on you know, side streets in town and unload in front of people's houses. And the pull is in the DPW yard and you will not find a more intimate setting for a pull.
2: No, and that's, that was the point. I, you know, I don't, I fair to say, would you say it's Chevy country up there in Ubley? Yeah, yeah, that's a fair statement. Well, I know it's not Dodge country because I remember I, first time I ever pulled, I pulled up through the chain end, hooked up tight and there's literally people standing. 20 feet away from your that's, driver's window that's the way it
0: is you and can get you can reach your hand out and give high fives to the crowd in the beer tent as you go by
2: yep the, the left hand side one long 300 foot beer tent start to finish yeah. um and there's guys yelling at me so, i mean you could you could feel the oh, spit yeah. on the side of your face <laughs> from, from guys yelling at you and taunting you it was uh, quite intimidating for the first pull ever in my my career now you're going as a fan or is uh is the is no, my
0: mistress dodge coming back still
2: uh still a fan we're, we're hoping to be ready for burville i had to go out for a week or so on business that put us back a little bit so gotcha, gotcha very good ready for the hometown poll then wait ready for the hometown poll? we'll get in that a little bit later throw a little promo out to the burville three-day yeah. event once uh once we get rolling here after That's the news back.
0: if you want if you want to do it now if you're ready all right yeah i guess go uh, ahead
2: throw it out there yeah we'll throw it out there now uh next weekend which is the 15th um something new this year we have the uh, Burvell three-day event um switch some things around we're going mud bogs on sunday we're going figure eight bump and run tug of war on saturday and then friday we're trying to do something different we're really trying to trying to make a lot better show for the people this year and we put the poll on friday night so we're, we're hoping to turn our luck around and put some more
0: butts in the seat now, you do have TTPA classes, but there's also some promoter option stuff. What are you guys running on Friday night?
2: Yeah, uh, the the we are running um, the same night as Minden, but we talked with uh, Tony Hewitt and Jim Storm, um, and uh, we don't have any of the same classes. We kind of sat down, brainstormed. We came up with what we, we feel is a pretty good lineup for Friday. So um, we're going with the uh, – we're going to have Super Farm um, on the uh, show Um two five diesel truck we're going to have eight thousand uh, dps and then we're going to have talk to a lot of guys kind of went around the area and asked them what they wanted to do for the 10 farm because that's just a huge huge it's um, big Area, there's a lot of tractors within what would you say, Charles? 15 mile radius of
0: Burville. So, actually, you could tighten that up even. I would say within five miles of that Burville track, probably better than half the class lives there.
2: Yep. So, we kind of threw it out there to the pollers, and they all decided um, after a popular vote that they're going to go 10 farm, no speed limit, no TTPA for uh, oh, really? Yep. For Saturday night or or for Friday
0: night, and that's what they wanted to do. So, we're going to let them do it. That's that's going to be eye-opening we did that um friday saturday actually at port hope and uh on the two-way radio jim storm sled operator and i were kind of going back forth at at the beginning of that class because we were interested to see get an indication of what's really these 10 farm guys are capable of doing in terms of how much power they're making and stuff like that yeah it, we don't talk about that class
2: a lot, but and uh, you know, is this something you know we can get? Is that something you see for the future,
0: Charles? Or no speed limit? No, I don't. You don't see that. No, and there's a very good reason why. Um, it, and it boils right, right, right down to insurance. If they're if they're going to go over 10 miles per hour, which is where we've drawn the line for them, they got to put the roll cages on. And that's not a direction the class wants to go. I don't want them to go there. Um, I think there is tremendous benefit in holding them at 10 miles per hour and see who can drive against the limit and, and really apply their horsepower. These guys are making a ton of horsepower now, um, far more than I anticipated they would get in the three years the classes has existed. And um, I think that's only going to continue to grow. And we're gonna see very quickly a day where much like the antiques, at the slower speed limits, where it's it's big gears and restraint and driving style and ability to read a track that's gonna that's gonna win the day it's, and it really puts the the success in the hands of the guy who can set their tractor up and read the track. So I don't want to see um, them go to open speed limit. And that point was reinforced by what happened on Saturday at Port Hope. Our diesel pro stock class runs a 3500 rpm rev limit. The ten farm guys are 2850. The diesel pro stocks are hitting 22 miles an hour. The, the the best ones are hitting 22 miles an hour. We were getting 10 farm guys going 16. Well, wow. they're that close. So, uh, I, I I want to have the reins on them a little bit and uh, see who can drive. Yeah, and like say that's interesting. You you don't. It's a great class.
2: Um, once again, I I've heard some numbers on what. Once again, they're selling these tractors for yeah um, and i think with with any class right it it starts out as roots and i'm very surprised at that class the interest yeah um i mean just the getting some real show pieces in there now there versus is. you know a couple of years ago when you looked at it like ah, it's kind of you know tractors out of the field and guys are just getting started And now guys are really putting some time and effort into that class yeah. and are really making a good show out of it and I, I even get excited to see that like you say because it is one of the few classes where it's a, it's gear, it's yeah. it's a driver, it's reading the track, it's all the thing. It's not the guy that you know goes out there can spend the most money, which is kind of a kind of a
0: nice change, I think. Yeah, there's there's there is a, a line in the sand, I guess so to speak, with how much horsepower you can ultimately get, and that that has more to do with the turbo and the fuel pump rule. Uh, there's I think there's still more in it as guys start uh, figuring out cam specs and, and timing numbers and things like that. But the fuel pump rule and the turbocharger is going to keep it under under wraps a little bit. But uh maybe I shouldn't shouldn't get into this or or, or put cards on the table, but I will. Uh we had a conversation uh, Drew and I did on Saturday with Dan Deere up in the announcer stand and, and Dan was saying well, I he's got an eight eighty six international three sixty. And he said, Well I don't know much how much more I can do to this thing. And uh you know so we got in a conversation about that off off mic and I think there's a especially for, well, for anybody, anybody could do this. Any of the brands could do this. There's, there is a crap ton more, but it's going to be huge expense and it's not prohibited by the rules right now. Namely, take that 360. Your 2850 RPM limit, you do not need big bore. You're not turning high RPM. So you don't need the, uh, you don't need the, the the transfer value at, at the, at the cylinder head. You don't need the high flow numbers out of the valves from a big puck going up and down in there. You can get it from High Lift. What you need to do is actually, you know, sleeve it down to one of the smaller frame International Harvester engine blocks, um, you know, Triple Six or what have you, because it's the same block architecture. And then stroke the shit out of that crank and get to the 410 cubic inch limit. And uh, when guys start figuring that out and doing some of that stuff, somebody will. Somebody will drop the dime to try it. And the other piece that I think is could upset the Apple cart, and we don't. there's nothing specifically in the rules that says you can do it, but there's also nothing that says you can't, is when somebody's going to try and build a white or an Oliver chassis with a Cummins in it.
2: Yeah, and I, I'm not all that familiar with the rules. Like, say, I'm, I'm up with the, the cubic engine. It seems like, once again, I, I'm not sure why, and I need to, I guess, talk to more people, but I see this in the diesel pro stock as long as the 10 in a well with the 10 farm is no p pumps what's the what's the magic there i mean it seems like that is the to me i've always wondered that it's of the cheaper pumps to build the most readily available the most technology the most the most the most it goes across most platforms and charles maybe you can enlighten me on why
0: why that's in both classes as a rule diesel pro stock guys can run the run it Um, I think P 3000, 3000 size limit because you, you said it over and over the word most 10 farms supposed to be entry level. So by restricting guys to the a pump, the rotary or the Sims, it's going to keep a cap on just how much power they can make. There's, there's an international running right now in 10 farm with a rotary pump. That's make that'll go 16.7 miles per hour on unrestricted at 2850. He can't be that far off a diesel a full diesel pro stock engine at this point already and what was supposed to be an entry level class you can spend ten thousand dollars and have a lot of fun in 10 farm you're not going to win anything you spend 30 grand you'll be right there so that's why they held it to that and and the, the keeping with the the Larry Richwine hates this. The the firm stock idea, these tractors came with A-pumps, SIMs, and rotaries. We hold them there.
2: Okay, yeah, and, and I can kind of see it in this class, and I guess maybe that's the same theory in the uh, diesel pro stock, too, is just trying to minimize yeah. the power. Um, I, I think you could argue that you could make in, like, the, the pro stock that, I don't know if the 7100 that big of an advantage over the 3,000, Maybe you spend a little more to get the same performance on the three thousand. I'm not an engine pump builder, but I know back when we started um you know, building our trucks, the three thousand was a thirteen millimeter. So that was a very, very popular yeah. uh pump to start with. It just was never reliable for the high RPM because of you know, the plungers, the plunger styles and,
0: you and know, that's all the other pieces of it. So. You know, diesel pro stock guys, for those who don't know what the diesel pro stock tractor class is, it's an 18.438 tire class, 3,500 RPM, 8,000 pound, um, in five, right? Two, uh, five, d- two, eight, two five by two, eight charger. So the 7,100, your RPM limited already. So that argument comes off the table and you got a really small whistle on it. I just, I don't think it's money they don't need to spend. Um, and, at, and at various times throughout the years, Diesel Pro Stock has had anywhere from from four to ten tractors in it or more. And, you know, I know it's still early in the season. There's a few guys who aren't out yet, and, and there's guys on the sidelines for various reasons. I don't know why they aren't touring um, more. I feel like it is a cost-effective class. I think what's going to, for thumb, what's going to hurt that Diesel Pro Stock class is, is now that Light Limited Super is on the table that's going to take tractors off the table and indeed it's already taken one um the team with their their dps has been converted to light limited and the chassis mods they made they can't go back now they're they're committed
2: yeah and that's it's the you know the in getting back there's probably the cost versus like a light limited i'm not a tractor guy so i'm asking charles more questions <laughs> than i'm answering here but uh I mean, aren't you really looking at maybe twice the cost to build a light
0: limited versus the eight thousand on the diesel pro stack? I don't think so. No? No. I don't necessarily think that's the case. Um, I think for the diesel, to, to do a diesel light limited, yes, you're going to spend more. Um, but the alcohol alter- alternative is there. And I think you can do Alki for, for comparable money on the table. Um, you're going to spend some more money in the chassis department to get it lighter, uh, to take those that 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 1800 or eight, you know 1850 off the table as far as chassis weight goes. But um, no, I, I think you can play in light limited super for diesel pro stock money. I really do.
2: All right, so I think we uh, got a little off, a little sidetracked on so that. What we're one, supposed to but, do? No, that's uh, it's good. Um, other class we got. Um, spread the word, friends. We got uh, hot street. We have uh, the street diesel pickup class. We got the pro street. Um, once again, we don't have a TTPA class. We had a lot of guys call up that wanted the pull. We don't have a ton of time or a ton of room, so we're just going to run. We call it pro street uh, gas, and you know, you're at weight and you can do whatever you want, and kind of a run what you brung gas class, which should be kind of cool. Need a kill switch. Need a kill switch for every class. Hang um, the front weights. Yes, and the 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 uh, pro street gas, I guess. Once again, I, we're going to play that by ear. If we got everybody that doesn't want to, we're not, which probably will be the case because there's really not a lot of classes in Michigan where the gas guys can hang weights. So, uh,
0: Actually, pretty much everywhere except thumb. Well, I,
2: that's what I mean, thumb. I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I like to see it. I like to let them hang weights. We're going to kind of play that one uh, cool. by ear and, and and roll the dice and see what happens. So. Um, hopefully we get a, a, a good turnout. Um, we're trying, like I say, hopefully we've been talking to Tony Burkhart, throw a shout out to Tony. He sponsored the class, put some, a uh, lot of money up for the Burville Lions. It's a nonprofit charity organizations and DHD sponsoring the good. entire, uh, poll, um, Friday night. So hopefully we're going to get him and Troy and Wade and maybe Jared, and we might see, uh, a real hot. Hot diesel truck pull at uh, Burville
0: for this year. So, sounds like a good show. I won't be there, but sounds good.
2: Yeah. And then, uh, if you need any more information, uh, Burville Lions Club Facebook, or you can go to com and get more information. Times. Um, good food, good people. We got a beer tent, we got a DJ, a lot of fun. Good, uh, good reason to come out and support local charities. We give to the blind, um, you know, families that are hurting families that need money for cancer treatments and we give money to schools and scholarships and um you know people that are sick we give gas cards i mean the, the amount of money that we give to the, the, the local
0: areas is, is pretty phenomenal it's a great cause very worthwhile and the burville lines are, are extremely active you know they're they're one of the stronger clubs in this area uh, any chance you're going to see uh, Joe Cucci out with a black Duramax? Has uh, he got a turbo yet or no? And uh, we
2: talked to Joe. I don't know if we're going to see him at the poll, but once
0: we'll again, we'll get the he, diesel drags. I yeah, know he, he's sponsoring that he's, with HSP Diesel.
2: Yep, Saturday, uh, Saturday m- morning or Saturday afternoon, twelve o'clock. We got the HSP Diesel shootout. Anybody that's got a truck, gas, diesel. We got the timing lights. You want to see how fast it goes and three hundred feet on the dirt? It's it's a lot of fun. So, whatever you have, bring it out run it through the traps we'll probably have some uh you know grudge racing and throw some money up and see, see who's got the,
0: the fastest four-wheel drive on the dirt nice well i know and I, shame on me for this we're going to cover this next week we're going to switch into you know the sidetrack staples of obituaries and birthdays we did have um we did have an, an obituary that um, Drew knew about through one of the local clubs. And forgive me, I don't know the particulars on it. So I'm going to hold that until next week, and we'll get that information to you as far as that one goes. Um, we One I did know about, and this comes courtesy of, uh, of Rodney Hetler and the Gold Digger pulling team out of Indiana, uh, Jeff Beaver uh, who pulled with the uh, Indiana Pulling League single-engine mod class. Um, he passed away. Um, so our, our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the family there and everybody associated with the uh, Indiana single-engine mod classes. Uh, by all accounts, sounds like he was a, one heck of a good guy, and he'll be sorely missed. That'll move us on into... Oh, and, and by, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention if there's someone that uh, we should, we should uh, highlight for that that uh, passed away in your club or someone who's integral to your life within the sport of polling, please reach out to us at our email address ap at sidetrackpolling.com or get a hold of us through our Facebook page, Sidetrack with Armstead and Posch. Uh Send us a, uh, a private message also, Charles Posh or Andrew Armstead on Facebook and we'll be happy to make sure we cover that. That'll move us into birthdays. Uh, you got any uh, on your list as well? I got mine up. Go ahead. All right, let's start uh, tomorrow. Well, what would be Thursday, the day you're going to hear this on Pulling Radio Network? The daughter of uh, deer uh, deer processor, super farm puller Steve Francis, Stephanie Doss, has her birthday tomorrow. Happy birthday to you, Stephanie. And also tomorrow, contributor now, official stinger for the Pulling Radio Network and PR man for uh, Boyer Power Sports pulling team, Jamie Qualls is 32 let's see on on Friday we can't miss this guy pulling radio network own the Godfather Eric Pruitt is 45 happy birthday to you Eric and also uh head wrench for the Duramac pulling team Carl cross Ken Toslowski has his birthday on Friday and yeah, we might as well say a big congratulations to Ken for getting married last yeah
2: he last did. week he so did. I think he he's did. on his way back from his honeymoon and I know he Probably happy to get back and start turning some wrenches for the Duramac pulling team. I know it sounds yeah. like sounds like they need some help over there. A lot of, a lot of uh, carnage and a lot, lot of broken lot parts, a lot of busted
0: junk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice job, Carl. <laughs> Carl, that kills people. <laughs> you gonna do it now?
1: Carl, that kills people. <laughs>
0: On Sunday, uh, son of uh, National Antique Tractor Pulling Association President Brad Begemann, Brendan Begemann has his birthday on Sunday. And then next week, on um, Tuesday, uh, up north here in the Thumb of Michigan, or, well, actually, not in there, not in the Thumb. They're way up north. Andrew Doobie is 37 years old, part of the Doobie family. They've got several pulling vehicles that run all over the state of Michigan, so happy birthday to him. Also on Tuesday, Chad Doman, the Hurricane Alice Pro Stock, um, he's 48. And another guy who is a true legend in the sport, the workhorse Pro Stock pilot Rob Russell has his birthday on Tuesday, July 12th. And on Wednesday, July 13th, Kevin Bannett, uh, Antique Puller and part of the Bennett Enterprises team, doing a lot of announcing and running scales in the northeast of uh, Indiana has his birthday on Thursday, July 13th, 48th birthday. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, I got I got nothing for uh, next week, so... That happens. And that happens. Turn your mic on. That'll happen on the big jobs. <laughs> and for those of you playing along at home to the Sidetrack drinking game, you can now take a sip. And with that, we're going to take a break here on Sidetrack with Armstead and Posh. We'll be back after this. Life Media Tech is your one-stop shop for multimedia, photography, videography, live event productions, and web systems and infrastructure design and maintenance. Life Media can handle it all. Drew and I trust Life Media to use years of experience to bring sidetrack to you each and every week. Isn't it a time that you did the same? Serving Metro Detroit and the Blue Water area, contact Life Media directly at 810-689-4151. That's Life Media 810 689 4151.
2: And we're back with Armstead and Posh on the Pulling Radio Network, sponsored by Polar Air Compressor. And standing in for Armstead tonight is Nathan Drob, Because Armstead's a waffle. And I heard he's doing what? Sitting on a Kubota. At least that's what it looked like in the pictures. Snapchatting?
0: Probably getting ready for morning advice county job what can you say? sleeping watching airplanes hey congratulations Drew you're your own Gary Allen song
2: I love Gary Allen by the way guy's awesome and Drew's not even union yet
0: is he? (laughs) he left the union (laughs) he was a teamster they kicked him out he found out where Hoffel was buried uh huh alright Charles what do we got next here? uh lots of different directions we go it, can you punch something up on on the uh on the monitor for us Nick uh, from uh, the sidetrack homepage there's a picture there courtesy of Jeff Hurt of the Fast Lane Unlimited Superstock it is now rolling on the new Mitos tire the blank canvas pulling tire and he posted this picture yesterday and uh I hope I hope from where you're sitting you're able to see this once it gets it up on the monitor I want you to take a look at it and tell me what you see Anyway you can zoom in on that a little bit This is posted on Sidetrack with armstead and posh Facebook page or friends with Jeff hurt and there's pictures of it out there um, I noticed right away uh, Some things about this this tire It almost looks like the lugs cut backwards, or the sidewall. Yeah, there's some of that, yeah. It's It's similar to uh, the, uh, the P2000, but even closer than that. I'm stumped. Look in here. At the top, you know, for those of you who are going to hear this later and, and want to look at this picture, Look at the lugs particularly from about ten o'clock till one o'clock. Do they not seem know, uniform, uniform height, but not necessarily uniform length?
2: Yeah, I did I did see that. It almost almost at the base, not a uniform I guess, width at the base either.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if that's just something with a tire machine where it's spilling off the sidewall and maybe not just cutting it down the sidewall the same depth. I don't know if that's an out of spec on the tire. Or if these lugs are actually, and actually you'll see it down here in the bottom, there's some some different... They almost look like they're purposely asymmetrical. Yeah, and I kind of do wonder about that. Now, modern road tires, to match a circumference spec, you'll see the tread pattern will change its pitch. I'll use a chainsaw or a chain term for that pitch, meaning that you know, the actual circumference circumferential space taken up by each individual lug will change, but the pattern's the same. Almost looks like the same thing's going on with this tire. I really, and it could be the photograph, maybe that's not the case. You get there and actually start laying a tape to it. Maybe it is uniform, but if it's not, how would that pull? You're going to have these oscillations in the tread at, for an open super, I'm going to guess somewhere around 120 plus tire speed. Is that carcass going to load and unload? constantly and put an oscillation into the tire itself while it's trying to pull. I, I this picture just raises all kinds of questions for me as to what's really going on there. And I'm I'm not picking at Jeff Hurt for having this on the fast lane. I'm not picking at whoever caught him. It's just a question. I just it, just what I see and I may be seeing things, but I'm curious about that. Yeah, I mean, if it is as it is appears, it, it
2: could both, you know, uh, cause that oscillation you referred to, or it could give the thing quite a traction advantage by having it grab a little differently with each rotation.
0: It's grabbing at different dirt. It's the it, football it, lineman idea. Don't plant your feet, but always keep pushing. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but this picture just—I saw a lot of things going on there, and I started, you know, I started questioning it, and I do wonder. Well, and you always wonder when they when they purposely. Post pictures like that if there's
2: always more than meets the eye with something like that. I know people do this a lot, right? Where they're you know, they post they post things up just like that just to see if people will catch, you know, catch it. But
0: could be and and clearly there's you know, you can see, you know, grease pen marks or whatever down at like, you know, at five o'clock and there's some more at about, you know, ten o'clock on it, you know, from from when it was cut. And I don't know who did I don't know who did the cutting job on them. You know, again, if you're not familiar with a Metos tire, it's a blank slate. It, it comes out of the mold clearly as a as a slick with a, with a built up carcass, and you can cut them any way you want to.
2: And it's funny knowing these guys, knowing Jeff, and they have their pretty much their own engine program. <laughs> they do everything. He did does his own chassis too. Yeah, maybe he did it himself,
0: you know. And he's come <laughs> up with some brilliant. Uh, Jeff is. I mean, it doesn't always work, but he's come up with some brilliant ass shit. The, the 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 chassis they do the the flexible chassis, awesome. They work great. He's won some PPL titles, so he knows what he's doing but I do wonder about that and what the other thing that I'm that that I noticed too it appears to me to be a 23 degree degree cut again uh, maybe a little shallower maybe 20 when is somebody going to try something really weird ass with these meat tires like an 11 degree or a, I don't know
2: yeah that's you know what that that's the awesome thing about pulling is like there's no way to try it Right? There's no machine. No. There's no dyno. You know, maybe in the future, I mean, that would be awesome for someone to come up with a, a tire dyno to see who can put down the most traction or the most yeah. load. I mean, that's an interesting concept. I've thought about, you know, if you had the money, if you had the resources, you know. What like could they, you do? What could you do? Like, when they do the environmental chambers, right? Or wind tunnels. or Yeah. Could you, could you really... You know, build a machine to test tires and dirt and torque and friction and
0: I think awesome. so. Yeah, there was a there was a fear. This was a winter time discussion. I believe it was this past winter. And if you're if you go on uh, Fonda Bar's Midnight Mistress message board, you you saw this discussion where we there there was a pretty healthy uh, a conversation about the Mitas tire specifically, and some of the Unlimited guys chimed in and and specifically Bill voris uh, the American Thunder tractor is. and I hope, and Bill, I hope I'm not misquoting you or or paraphrasing what you said, but I think I got this right. You're proposing a spec tire, for the Unlimiteds anyway, of going with the Polar 2000. And uh, the justification being that, okay, if everybody runs the same tire, um, there's a cost savings there. With the Metas coming in part... Did you just say Unlimited, Mad... Spec tire, yeah. No, and cost savings... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right well I did have to scratch my head when he's when he mentioned that it's like okay we got a guy running running Moran headed Hemis. okay all right um, yeah yeah didn't yeah Contradictory. Anyway. just maybe and he did predicate his arguments on the fact that firestone tire was tested 200 miles per hour and you knew it'd be safe Whereas there was questions where the Mitas had been validated for that kind of extreme duty that's a side argument i suppose uh and, and a valid one for the kind of tire speeds and, and horsepower levels that they're at but someone with an unlimited budget and i'll throw the name out there somebody like like bowers who could look at that Mitas tire and all of a sudden within two or three years once the understanding is there and knowledge base is there where you've got your topsoil track tire you've got your hard pan tire you've got your clay track tire you've got your sand track tire then all of a sudden to be competitive you're walking around five different sets of shoes shoved up in your hauler
2: yeah i mean that's not uncommon for a super mod four-wheel drive or the diesel uh diesel uh, super stock guys <clears throat> excuse me they carry around different hardness softness they do. cuts i mean they do. They, them guys usually i know back when you know we went to alleys hauler they would have six different sets of tires of hardnesses and
0: cuts and yeah you know just ntpa mod four-wheel drive guys too you know and you they, and, and they
2: just they know the track they know the soil like you say i can i can see it happening maybe they already do on these tractors and we don't even
0: know it or I don't, I don't think so. I haven't gotten the sense that that's the case. Probably the closest we get to that and really it's anymore it's probably localized on the east coast is guys flipping back and forth between single cut and double cut. It, it, there was a time when in, in probably the, the late 90s, early 2000s where that was commonplace to go back and forth between the double and the single. Singles really don't have an application too much anymore. They're kind of a specialty tire, kind of a farm show only tire and they've been banned there so took that off the table by rule and out there right now i mean charles to your knowledge with the, the
2: polar 2000 versus the Mitas, there's still not a lot of guys i thought there'd be
0: a lot more guys running those tires this year i really did i think with the mitos it boils down to availability um i think I don't want to speak out of turn and cast aspersions on METAS as a manufacturer, but I think there was promises there in terms of availability that haven't been able to be met. It seems like they are, I won't say widely available on the European tour, but there seems to be more of them out over in Europe versus here in the U.S. And uh, I think just with time, it'll remedy that. Probably 2017, we'll start to see the more widespread acceptance and what'll really start to change it will be when they start offering in the 24.5. Right now, it's only available in the big 30.5. And that's, you know, and that's an admittedly unresearched opinion on that particular aspect of it. It'd be cool to see what can be done with it though. And the other thing that actually I haven't really come to know yet when Firestone debuted the Polar 2000 originally back in I think it was 2001 when those actually came out they were on the heavy side because of the because of the car- carcass construction They came out later with a, a Polar 2000 light that was fairly lightweight. I'm curious what the Mutas tire weighs And I and I let's say the grain of salt weighs in a cut form surely in its Blank carcass mode. Yeah, it is gonna be heavy because you're gonna take you're gonna wind up taking I got to think fifty or sixty pounds of rubber out of the out of the hide when you start chopping on it. And what does that mean for guys in the light super stock or light limited super stock? Is it a carcass that's light enough that can work on a light limited super with a cast rear end? You can't be a component chassis. There's only been a very small handful of light limited supers that have been able to get on a polar two thousand, and they've used carbon fiber bodywork to do it. Um, that's something to be seen for the future too
2: and a lot with with any motorsport it comes down to you know putting that tire on a winning tractor i mean you see that with uh, you know a lot of components a lot of technology we were you know you laugh even in the diesel world right i mean you look at the evolution and we can get into tires right and charles you know this it's like i can remember when it was oh so and so ran mickey thompson baja cause on saturday and he put 20 feet on everybody and the next three four poles everybody's everybody's on on mickey thompson's and then it's you got to have an all-terrain and then you got to have sts and now you're going to you know the uh mud grapplers and the dura tracks and you know it's to me it's i mean that's what i love about pulling and you know we could get into that segment. I'd love to do that and have people call in and tell you why. But we need to do a call-in show. Soon. You know, call-in and show, and just you know, because I get this question at you know whether I'm at work or whatever. It's like, why do you spend so much time, or what drives you to to go out there and literally start your truck up, do all that work, travel all that to go thirty seconds, right? And once again, it's another thing with tires. There's just there's no way to test. There's no, no. formulas. Right? And there's no calculations. No, there's e, nothing. You, you know, when I drag raced, it was pretty easy. I, you know, I drag raced, you know, back before I started pulling. It's like you did something, you went to the track and you ran a 1050. You changed it and you went 1030. Yep, it worked. Yeah. Pulling tires, you know, this is so much unknown it, there. It, it's like you could go hook, turn around. Go back five trucks later, the track changed. There's just really no way to that's get. That's the allure. Good data. I think that is the allure. That, that is, is the allure.
0: It's there's this mystery that goes on when it comes time to go play in that dirt, and the only way to find out is to drop a hook and your drawbar in front of two, three, four, ten thousand people, see what you got. And,
2: and that's what tires. You know, I mean, to me, with this talking about the meat or the puller, you know. Um, tires, It's 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 that you just you can't put them on a dyno. No, you, there's no testing that can say they're better than something
0: else. Unless people just start winning. You've pulled on a bigger stage than I ever have. Here's 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 my thought on the what the allure is for that. OK, we're going to we're going to drive four hours, 500 miles to take a 16 second ride. You know, the second you roll out of your driveway, that's all that's waiting for you doesn't that push the adrenaline that much harder yeah
2: and like say i i would love i would love and and i was gonna pitch this you know this this episode is pretty crazy right now everybody's working and there's polls everywhere and we don't get to do a lot of show prep and there was really no thought it's like hey can you show up and i'm like (laughs) yeah i guess what this week is yeah and charles looked at each other like we have nothing to talk about but i'm sure we'll get through it but i would love To do a segment and I'm gonna challenge the sidetracked crew. Open mic lines and and what do you love about pulling? What because if you're not a puller, people don't understand it. And I would like to do a show, you know, whether to me it's just you know, to me I like having the truck, having the trailer, getting on the freeway. Playing music, just driving, seeing the countryside, going to all these places. I mean, I think that's a lot of it too,
0: right? I mean, it's a huge part of it. Seeing, seeing a part of the country, and, seeing
2: people that you, you know you don't get to see except for the summer. I mean, there's a lot of things, but
0: it's cool. I got I've got like minded friends who are involved in the sport. Um, I would I could I can comfortably say now, literally nationwide, that I wouldn't have without this sport. And I'll I'll go ahead and seed the field just a little bit for future discussion on this, and I think this could be a cool topic for an open line show, which we may do uh, next week or the week after. Stay tuned to sidetrack alarm seven post for details on that. What is it about pulling? Why do I absolutely dearly love it? You go to—I don't care what form of motorsport you you want to name—and I can—I've been to most. Your. Level of engagement with that amount of power is very fleeting because speed's involved. You can stand on the fence at a NASCAR race here at at Brooklyn and watch 43 cars take off at 800-900 horsepower apiece, but you're only engaged with those cars for tenths of a second per lap. In a sport of pulling, you get to concentrate your energies and efforts on something that depending on the class climbs all the way to ten thousand horsepower for 12 15 seconds with as little as 25 feet between you and it you've been in monroe for the grand national down there we stand on the pit side at the finish line on the east track and they're running grand national mods eight nine ten thousand horsepower and it's, it's right there in front of your face. It's it's 16 feet away. And if you don't get a rush or a thrill from that, then you got no business being around the sport. Yeah, and you know,
2: this is the the one drawback, and I agree with you, Charles, 100%. I've been to, you know, and I like, you know, whether it's NASCAR or, you know, I've been to, you know, the Gator Nationals and I've been to the Winter Nationals and we've been down to... Milan for some of the nhra stuff and you're for all the stuff you're far away nascar right they let you go in the pits but it's just not i guess it's It's intimate it's not in your face it's not in your face and uh this is one of the drawbacks that you know i talked to uh, a few guys when we were in armada this is the drawback i have to armada and i hope we can talk to some people this year I think that's what Armada misses with the pits being closed off and not they letting do. people back there. And you know, side topic, but we really need to talk to some people there because I think that we're really losing. You, you lose that
0: there. It's a yeah. great pull. It's one of the best. But you lose That's so where it. I got introduced to it was to be able to go back in the pits there. Pits there. And and yeah, they have they have blocked that off. And I think they did lose something. And really for Armada, for those who know, and certainly Drew and I have talked about this on this show. Saturday night, especially after the beer tank closes back in the pit area. It's not that it's a great party. You're not gonna you're not gonna see anything over the top. You're not gonna see anything outlandish. You're not gonna it's it's not a Jobby Nooner, Mardi Gras, raucous party. That's not what's going on. What's back there is the real deal, no bullshit pullers who are telling some fantastic stories. And to have the ability to be there and experience some of that, some of the best nights I've ever had in this sport have come back in the pit area behind the beer tent after closing time, just sitting around with some of the guys who've been around it the longest and hearing the stories about the old days and and some of the experiences they had. And my cheeks hurt from smiling and laughing at some of this stuff
2: it's good you know when you get to talk to those guys that have been doing it for so much longer than than you have and you yeah. get to see you know the evolutions and you hear the stories from you know 20 30 years ago and you just hope you know when you get to that point you can tell someone right that yeah. the same stories that they're telling you and
0: i just hell i don't even want to repeat them <laughs> i just want to tell somebody come next year you come with me stand on my hip let's go to this let's go to this and just sit there and listen you need to see it firsthand and
2: I think, like I say, this would be a great, great topic for the show. I think that's one of them that could probably go four hours, five hours, as yeah, long as boring. you wanted to go. Just because I think everybody, everybody's different, and everybody'll have their different opinion yeah. and why they love it, and you know what makes you gravitate to work. You know, you look at it, it, what we do is such. You know, we're on such a small stage, but you look at the hours that these guys, you know, watching PPL the other night, and these guys you know, spending they say hundreds, but it's more like you take their whole crew, everybody got working at working yeah. on thousands and thousands of hours, maybe a hundred hours between <laughs> yeah. a Friday to Friday, yeah. you know, to go out there to lay down, you know, a twenty second run and the potential to start all over next Friday. And, you know, i have talking talked to a guy, won't mention his name, but he's been having some problems this year and it's funny, you go through the emotions of you break something, and you say, I'm all done, I'm tired of working on it, and then what happens? You wake up Monday morning, and that's all you can think about. It's yeah. just getting it ready, and there's just people that get that drive, and it's. I think when you go there, like you said, Charles, you get to experience, in a small setting, few people
0: that enjoy the same thing you do. That's it, and I get the same... Same butterflies in the chest that you all do actually being in the driver's seat and uh, with being an announcer and and going out there. I love being able to share my passion for the sport with fans and the experiences that I get out there on the road and and bring that to life uh, through the microphone every night. But I will always say, and I still say it to this day, that you guys all had more fun than I did because you put a crash helmet on. You know, I'm I'm a frustrated puller. You're doing what I wanted to do, and maybe that's what makes me good as an announcer. It's beyond superfan. I I want to be out there doing it.
2: Yeah, I think we say just the opposite. We say <clears throat> all we got to do is put them together and drive them. And you, you guys are out there. You and Andrew and is like the research and the time and the knowledge is to me it's unbelievable. I mean, I listen to the show and you guys just. The knowledge that you have, and the the amount of time that you can talk about
0: this day well, after day is it's amazing. The, to it's me. the same what you do, though. I mean, you guys you guys are in the shop wrenching. We're at home in books and on the computer reading and doing our homework too. So it's the same tune ups. Well, we went on quite a tangent with yeah, that. We did. I think at this time, probably we'll take a break. We're listening to Sidetracked with Armstead and Poge, presented
1: by. High rev technology. Have you ever been waiting in the staging lanes to pull and had that rumbling in your stomach? Find you parked too far from the Porta Johns in the pits? Going down the road and can't quite make it? Well, thanks to Pedal to Metal, it's no longer an issue. Our newest design for pullers from Pedal to the Metal, the new Porta Stool slash Pulling Hitch combo, will be there for you. Made of two inch solid stock, easily the strongest, most, most sturdy Porta Stool on the market able to handle them huge behinds. Fully adjustable with over 18 inches of adjustment in half-inch increments just by removing two pins makes hitch height changes quick and easy, allowing you to change height for class or for the most comfort for personal use. Seat and hitches are available in whatever color you desire so you can customize to your vehicle. Just another way Pedal of the Metal is making pulling life easier. Welcome back to
0: Sidetrack with Armstead and Post here on the Pulling Radio Network. Next up, I want to get into a subject with you that has been a topic of conversation. Once again, I'll refer back to Fonda Bar's Midnight Interest message board on the evolution of technology in motorsports. In the and actually, we'll contrast this not only with the past but also what goes on in Europe, and that revolves around the idea of the pull off. In Europe, it seems like they treat events as the the first pass is a qualifier round. can you even just make it to a full pull and then come back and actually run for the Roses. Here in the United States, we've seen a movement away from pull-off style pulling uh, toward floating finishes, especially in the last uh, 12 years, give or take. And the justification is expense and the hardware and tear on a second lap. But is the technology that's evolved in the various power plants throughout pulling, whether it be diesel, methanol, gas, a contributory factor to the durability, shall we say? Or is it the fact that the paradigm has actually shifted to where guys know and expect a floating finish line, so they put everything on maximum kill for that one run?
2: Yeah, we've talked about this, you know, whether it's in a group, on the show, um, ad nauseum, and uh, sorry, I guess I'm not Charles. I'm Andrew, so I shouldn't yeah. use big words like that.
0: But no, please do. Uh, um, this I, is this is the intelligent uh, week. <laughs> <laughs> the the IQ is actually tripled. Is that possible? Oh, might even quadrupled. <laughs> but. Uh, you bring it, a lot to the table. It's uh, I'll put it all on you for get, bringing the intelligence in here.
2: <laughs> I guess I got I got two sides or two opinions to this because one's from a puller, one's from a spectator. I guess three, and one's from a promoter, right? Yeah,
0: yeah, you, you, yeah, you're involved in all. all and
2: levels. you know, from from the puller, I guess it would be it'd be the selfishness of you know you make one run, everybody knows you're not getting paid a ton of money right
1: nope. you're nope.
2: putting out a ton of expense you're you're not making a lot of money and it, you know all that energy every time you go down the track that energy is absorbed by something whether it's the engine oil the the track the clutches the gears and you know the the energy doesn't go away from one run to the other so it, it, it my point is is you know and with I think a lot of this, like when we started pulling, we didn't have clutches that were capable of running back-to-back runs, Charles. We had dual discs, you know, semi-style, whatever we could, f- you know, figure fit out in the bell fit housing. in the bell housing. And it, you, and it goes back to also when you're with a thumb and you only have five or six trucks in the class versus maybe when you have 30, you get to cool down time. You get True. to go back. You get to make some adjustments. Um, and you guys
0: it, saw your fair share of that when you would travel down yeah, south,
2: and, we, and we've seen our fair share. So when you go down south, and they say, "Okay, we're gonna have a pull off," and you got twenty five trucks, yeah, the guy at the end, he, you know, he he kind of gets screwed in the fact that you know maybe he's twenty second puller out of twenty five, and he has to come right back. But generally, there's three four guys in the pull off, so he still had time to cool down. Where, you know, a lot of local hooks or you know uh, thumb or swap or you know. Uh, I guess any of the other ones where you only have five or six guys, that's where I see the difference between the floating finish and maybe a pull-off.
0: Fair point. Well made. But what if it was European style where you know that first you have the high likelihood of being able to come back or if pull-offs were still a paradigm that was well-known a la 1990s or 1980s pulling, are you going to put your junk on murder? Yeah. And this is, I keep going back to my class cause I know this the
2: most and, To me, it's the advantage thing. You run the old-school P-Pump mechanical truck, there's not a lot of adjustments you can make to whether you put something on kill or you don't put something on kill.
0: you got a screwdriver adjustment for your flow delivery, but you're not making timing changes or anything like that like the common rail guys are on spur of the moment. Correct, correct. So you could maybe come out of the hole a
2: little easier, maybe not bend the throttle as hard, but come on,
0: right? So that's where, yeah, when you get to the, the you know, the technology... That's a fascinating point that you've just brought up, and actually I'm going to broaden this discussion now on you. The guys who are the mechanical diehards, yourself, Adam Higgins in the 2.5 class here locally, given your tuning window versus what you can adjust within a certain time frame, does floating finish line maybe benefit you guys versus the Nintendo trucks?
2: I would almost say, in my opinion, no. No. And just just, just for that fact that, um, <clears throat> you know, and I guess it's the only ability we have to change something is our driving style because the the timing is set, the fuel is set, everything in that engine is set. Stick shift, you know, a lot of Dodge guys run. So the only option we have is, is in your mind in the drive, right? So you can either come out a little easier, come out a little harder, ride the clutch a little longer to where if you did have, you know, I've got the common rails that I drive on the street, you can tune 100-horse timing, unlock and torque converters. I mean, there's a lot, there's a, a lot, lot of things, a lot of variables you could change. So uh, I would say it's a disadvantage, but in my opinion, it's part of the sport, and we need to do it because when I'm in the crowd, I love the pull-off. Yeah, you know I mean I just and
0: you've accepted that by the truck that you've built
2: yeah and you accept it for the truck that you built and you know the fans I think they really like it when they they get to see everybody go down and then they get to see what I always like is the adjustment of and once again this is a little different with tractors because in tractors once again there's weight on the belly weight on the tongue weight that, on the front You get that there's tire pressure changed. there's a whole bunch of different things but with trucks i guess you can take different lines
0: so there are still a lot of variables yeah that's actually well that's that's a sidetracked moment we i don't want to get into this now we're going to save this thought i'm going to tell you what it is something that i've been curious about and and drew and i both have been curious about because we're track we are tracker guys not truck guys how you read a track for big tire versus small tire there's things that we look for on big tire but I don't think it translates to trucks. We'll save that for a future show. I think that'd be a cool aspect of it. But you're, I think you're right um, when it comes to that. Your your parameters really are between your ears as far as what you do and how, re, how you react to things. You don't have that tuning capability. And for the diehard grassroots purist, that has an appeal because it's in the hands of pure driving talent, not your crew chief or your tuner. And which, in most, let's be honest, most cases, is not one and the same guy. Um, there are there are exceptions where there's guys who are the laptop driver in their truck, but there's also a lot of guys who refer back to somebody else, and so there's that crew chief element that appeals to people too. Probably the younger generation, and let's be honest, on this show, you and I represent the upper side of the bell curve. On, on the H, and we're gonna go for the the screwdrivers and 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 feel through the ass in the seat versus the Nintendo style. And I don't I don't I do I'm sorry that does come off as a derogatory term. I don't mean it for it to that way, but that's what it is. It's 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 fingers on the keyboard. And think about it, when you say you know
2: the Nintendo style or you know the laptop wizards or you know how many other classes. Aside from the trucks, are able to do
0: that? Not many. Not many. Uh, that's been something that um, has been wild-ass speculation on my part. Um, I've, I've referenced it on this show in the past. Uh, you know I, what? What is the the Mega Millions on Friday? Five hundred eight million dollars. If you want to see what a common rail diesel super stock tractor looks like, give me the winning numbers. Yeah, and I would love to see it too.
2: And you know, I, I this, I would love to do a, a hookers and blow, if we could get the right people, if we could get the guys that were pro fuel injection versus yeah. the guys that are pro mechanical, because it seems like in any motorsport, in and aside from like the maybe the Formula One, or, you know, um, I'm trying to think of some other sports. It seems like people are really still. In 2016, forced to go EFI. Yeah. Isn't that mind-blowing to you? I mean, as long as it's been out, you look at NASCAR. Yep. Or uh, what was it this year? Pro Stock. NHRA Pro Stock, right? They were forced to go. They went EFI this year, right? And it's not a choice of, hey, do you want to stay carburetor? And now you have the option to go EFI and you can do either or. I just, to me, I I say I'm old school, and I guess I am, and it's sad. (laughs) I don't feel at home, but I don't think, you know, in a lot of motorsports, that a lot of guys graduate to EFI over mechanical when given the choice. And I could be off base.
0: I don't know all the motor sports know. out there, but it seems like the drag racing world sure did accept it pretty quickly. Yeah, and that's but that well, comes no. with turbos, right? Well, but no it didn't. Actually, I won't say that it was quickly. It's probably only in the last five years. Yeah. And there was there was guys punching at that door for a long, long time and now it's like, okay, convert or die.
2: Yeah. And once again, I think that was don't you really believe that's the evolution of the turbo? The turbo guys drive drives the EFI The turbo
0: did drive it A lot of the The turbo needed it Yeah and and a lot of the The supercharger guys Could get away with The the linear Tuning parameters The turbo guys Needed parabolic And it really was EFI That unlocked that door
2: Yeah and that's why With pulling I'm just surprised You see um, The mini guy Right Where I'm just trying To think of yeah, uh,
0: of of classes, and they're frustrated beyond belief from yeah, these to... mini turbo guys because they're limited to mechanical injection, and they are just killing themselves. And I wonder what would happen
2: if the door was really open for a team like that with the turbo. Because I don't know any class. Right? I think,
0: I think superchargers would disappear. You'd see turbos.
2: And I don't know, but yeah, it just it seems to me I would really love to see that jump and let a guy just go all out with you know unlimited tuning turbochargers. Versus a
0: supercharger, just to see what happens. Give it some variety.
1: Yeah. Know?
0: Here's here's something. Let me hit you with this. This I'll take. I'll take it in the diesel truck world. Have you seen the pictures? I don't. I think it's a Duramax truck. It's a uh, a common rail truck, triple turbo, and he's got this rig on the front that's the size of a radiator that I assume to be a gearbox with five CP threes on it, which seems to me very heavy, and very ruby goldberg solution to a simple problem here's my vision of the i won half and half a billion dollars diesel super stock common rail everyone knows what a dry sump oil pump looks like you've got three four five six seven whatever eight stages all stacked together on a common shaft to feed feed your block feed your head feed your turbochargers whatever you need to feed the oil to you've got a stage for each one i see a diesel super stock with six of those independent pumps on a common shaft, stacked up like a dry sump oil pump, but it said they're, they're fuel pumps. And each one of those is feeding at least two injection circuits to a cylinder billet cylinder head with different timing parameters allowed through dual injectors and what have you. We can even stay with the two, if we stay two valve transverse, I can put an injector each side of the valve pockets and I can do whatever the hell I want, and now I need a tech partner, like Bosch, to come up with a programming to control it. And all of a sudden, I have one hell of a monster. It, with the with the open line program we had um, a few weeks ago, Brian Connor tipped his hat a little bit yep. about the mechanical pump coming out of Missouri. I don't know who that's coming from, or the, his thoughts that this can really this can really be a game changer. But what could a setup I'm talking about doing or or designing and building as a blank sheet of paper do, even above and beyond that, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for.
2: Yeah, and we would have to get, like, say I'm by no means an expert, but with the common rail, I don't think, you know, when you see the five CP3s or the, the, the three big ones, that's not the limiting factor. It's the injectors. Right, I mean that. To your point, right? Is it seems like that is the limiting factor. Is is the injectors and it's I don't no know, longer
0: pressure and deliver. It's no longer pressure. It's delivery.
2: It's delivery, right? It's it's the rate of injection, and you know with the solenoids and and what needs to actuate and open the fuel. And I don't know why and maybe people are trying it but I know back when we were running turbos on my Mustang and we were drag racing they started that back then with the two injectors per cylinder right where you have the one as like the pilot injector and then the one at wide open throttle and I'm I'm with you, Charles I'm wondering if it's f- the physics of trying to fit it in the cylinder you know with with all the cylinder pressures or why the, no is, one's tried that yet. For you know? something
0: so small, because an injector has to be very small to get the atomization, is it a problem of, with common rail, we're elect, electrically actuated? Are the Is the electronics now the limiting factor? Not in terms of bandwidth performance, being able to, to set the, the parameters, but the actual, is there not enough voltage, amperage, what have you, to actually actuate the goddamn thing at... Twenty five thousand psi within the window that you set for it
2: yeah and i think i think you're correct you know going to you look at some of the common rail guys and i don't know what the sigma pumps and what they can put out for pressure but i know common rails are somewhere 23 000 to twenty five thousand psi that's, that's the numbers that's i hear the number yeah. we hear you know and i know on our pumps talking with hearts and everything else it seems like we are down maybe 8,000 psi. Interesting. You know, on a common rail. So you're, you know, at the 15, 16, 17, 18,000 psi versus where they are, and maybe lower versus the common rail where you get the, the big gains in the atomization, right? And, <clears throat> but like I keep going back, and I've heard this for, you know, the 10 years I was pulling that, you know, the common rail, the ability to change, is the advantage in it just I don't see it in many motorsports at the highest level
0: is the limitation factor And I'm not saying you know the answer to this. I'm just floating out There's a trial balloon is the limitation factor actually within the injector has it become a mechanical problem? Okay, we've got the voltage amperage whatever we need to actuate it at the time we say we need to actuate it But it still has to be a mechanical valve something still has to open and then close and we're talking tremendous pressures are we seeing an issue within the injector itself of a valve bounce or a float where it's not being pushed open in a linear manner and it's not—it's sh- definitely not shutting in a linear manner because it's got to bounce back against tremendous fuel pressure on the backside. So you get a bounce there that is creating some sort of tuning parameter or a variance or, or something you literally cannot tune around because it's a mechanical limitation of a piston itself within this. Pencil-sized injector, Be, you know that's that's actually a question I've got too. Is is that really the tuning limit of it, and why the mechanical at lower pressure works better because it's cam-driven? It just happens in a in a very linear manner where you're rolling in and off that cam lobe instead of a snap, 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 snap type of situation.
2: And I think it, it comes down to the point: it does it matter, right? Is it, it, does, just, it yeah, does it matter? Yeah, does it matter? I think, and that's what really comes down to is. You, I mean, you look at the amount of smoke
0: and the amount of wasted fuel, and and well, okay, this, okay, we're we're sidetracking. Yeah. now. maybe it matters in the 800 horsepower class where your tuning window is this small, and that that electronic injector matters, but at 3,000 horsepower, where you're just wasting shit anyway that you start you start going around those efficiencies. Yeah, and I think you nail it, right? I mean, I just... And I
2: only go back to the diesel trucks because that's what I pull, that's what I know. God,
0: am I full of shit tonight. I but, just got to say that.
2: No, but I'm saying, you know, you look at... And we've said that forever. It, it, you look at, look at the progression of classes. And let's go backwards from the largest horsepower class to the smallest, right? And let's start at... Uh, super stock diesel. I know of it, it, I know of two guys that are running electronic, we'll call it electronic fuel injection. Climax. got to say, he's <laughs> one. Right? And um, the Cummins Killer.
0: Okay. Clueslix. Yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. At the super stock level, both Duramaxes. Yeah. Right? They're it. Do they compete? N- this point? No. No. And 20 trucks, they're, I mean, I can't say they don't compete, but they don't win on a regular basis, nor do they generally ever win.
0: The only non-Cummins who was even in the last five or six years, tell me if I'm wrong, who was even close to being competitive, was double overtime with a 7.3, and he was P pumped And he was P pumped exactly. And you do have, I seen it um,
2: a couple days ago, uh, maxed out, Chris Watson- who has the eight-cylinder Sigma Pump uh, Chevrolet Duramax. Okay, yep, yeah, yep. Supposedly, they're coming out this year, and I just
0: think that will be the test. That We'll find out who, I, we find out what happens. I yeah. think
2: we find out, that's the true mark to say, can an electric or a fuel-injected truck compete? And so we go down, even then you go down to the, uh, we'll call it this year, the new 3.6. What dominates? Commons. Go down to the three inch. Even the even the limited pro, the three
0: inch, it's still nationwide, by and large, it's Cummins.
2: Yep. And I and I I don't know if that's just because it's Hazley, who are a great promoter, they put out a ton of good parts, they have a ton they of knowledge. Do. But I can't believe everybody on the planet's going to Hazley. They just can't be. I agree. And so now when you get down to the the two five, you really start to see to your point the Duramax And maybe that's that to a certain level starting to be able to really compete and to really tune and, and run better. So I just think no different than drag racing or many other sports. It's when you get to a certain level, does the tuning really matter? Or is it just about? Yeah. I need to get the
0: most fuel, the most air, and, reach and the, the most, most RPM. To your point, it goes to the NHRA ideal, the the the, the nitromethane classes. Yep, they can make <laughs> horsepower. Damn, we got this far. <laughs> F bomb. They go this far. They they make all the horsepower in the world. And, and, you know, have, have, they've got 10, 11, actually they've, they've, they've put load cells on the cars now, 11,000 horsepower on tap. It's no longer about, can you get the power? It's, can you get the clutch time and right to actually use any of it? And maybe that's where we're at in, in, in the diesel pulling world. It's not, yeah, there there's still horsepower on the table vis-a-vis the alcohols to be made, but it's, how do you hit? Hit the timing window throughout the full system, the chassis. I I think
2: if if you're gonna talk about where does the technology come in, I think it's gonna get down to much like the drag racers and the turbos. It's can could someone set up a data logger system with fuel injection, with a turbocharger, with all these things, so they can basically put it in on autopilot and say. I want to bring yeah. in this. This is what's intriguing to me. And I, you watch. You know, we keep saying like the street outlaws, or you it's know, in, I watched... Um, it's we, in drag racing. It's in road racing. We used to run the ten five outlaw class uh, with Dan Millen, and the key to that class at the time was limited traction. Yeah. So it was tuning, right? And basically, those cars were on autopilot. You you bring it up, you hit the chip, it retards the timing. And all the way down,
0: it's monitoring wheel speed. Every 50 feet, you're bringing a new parameter yeah,
2: in. Wheel speed versus boost, and wheel speed yeah. versus boost. And at that point, it was it was having a very good tuner, right? To know, okay, yeah. I, I can apply the maximum amount of power that I can still yeah. apply traction. And I think that would be interesting to me. I don't think it's the overall horsepower, and I think maybe... There's tangents that people get off on of just saying, and even you know talking. I watched, uh, uh, you know, uh, Beer Money had Shane Kellogg in there, mm-hmm. and he said, "I'm making 600 horsepower more than I did with a truck I won every single weekend with." He don't believe it helped him. No, the you know. So can someone yeah. take the the fuel injection and can they set it and say? I want to make X amount of horsepower for the first 50 feet and then bring on 70. I think Which that's is, where the gain would be. That would be is. interesting.
0: And I don't think that's a bad thing. I, maybe in my comments earlier, you got the impression that I'm against the tuner idea or the Nintendo aspect of it. I'm not. It's still a human touch. you still got to go out there and read the track and say, all right, look at the dirt. I can throw 30% to- torque load at 30 feet. And at 120 feet I can be at 112% and then down track I got to back it up. Whatever. There's still that human touch, whether it's a driver or a tuner dedicated doing it. So that piece does appeal to me because there's still a person behind it. Um, So it'll be interesting to watch and see where it goes as far as the future of pulling. And I I really, what's gonna drive it even harder is gonna be an acceptance amongst the sanctioning bodies to allow some of the EFI stuff to come into the classes. Uh, right now it's fine in the trucks. Tractor side, you gotta go right to the pinnacle to get it.
2: I mean you it's have the same thing coming. with the Allisons, right? I mean, there's so many classes where they don't allow the Allisons, right, to to you know, to or run. Or they
0: hamstring the crap or out of them. Or they
2: hamstring the crap out of them, right? They you know, don't make let them modify. The they don't get magnetic. Distributor,
0: yeah. or original supercharger, carburetor. They don't let you have I mean, there's so much the Europeans, the, the the Green Monster team, what they're doing with Allison technology right now, they're just over the top. Ninety-nine percent of what they're doing would only be legal to the grand national level over here. At a regional or a state, get the hell out of here. Put it back on the trailer. Yeah, and and, and, and maybe
2: it comes down to you know a lot of these uh, sanctioning bodies. You know they rule by majority, and when you got fifteen guys out of fifteen guys that run superchargers, yeah, I, the rules might not change. I don't know. That's kind of how I feel. Majority about rule. This. Mob, rule. Yeah, mob rule.
0: Mob rule. Mob rule. Well, I think we've about uh, exhausted what I wanted to cover, and and well covered. You gonna yeah. wake Nick up? I feel like we were sufficiently sidetracked tonight. Indeed, this was, a t- this, was this was a tech-heavy show. I kind of liked it. It was in my wheelhouse. What in the world is that? No idea. Somebody watching Top Gun upstairs on <laughs> eleven. <laughs> <laughs> All anyway, right. that brings us to the end of another sidetracked episode. Thank you, Nate, for standing in for Waffle Armstead. Anytime. Where's uh, where's Andrew's drop? Being
2: that he's not here. Andrew dropped. We dropped it. I think he meaning gets... got rid of it. No, no. I feel I feel like you uh, know what I'm saying. This All. week he's he's earned. Uh, yeah, I he's, think earned he's earned it. Earned it. Yeah. yeah, he's earned it. Okay.
0: Is this true? Yes, it's true. This man has no dick.
2: Yep, that's Andrew. Must be present to win. Well, good night here from uh, One Half
0: Media Plaza. I'm Drob. I'm Posh. I'm Meyer. Have a good evening, everybody.
1: That was wonderful! Bravo! I loved it! It was great! Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, though. It could've been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible! It was bad! It was awful! It was terrible! Get him away! Hey, boo! Boo! Get out my trailer! I want you out!